Mitchell, QM for PG. We are very delighted to have you. That you are blood gas recipient. Hope this clears many doubts of the students. We can start. Uh, hello everyone. This is Dr. Richa, and today I am presenting. Uh, I am putting a little effort to make you clear about the blood gas analysis. Let's start. Let's start with some practical uh, questions. Practical scenario: When you are taking the sample for a ABG patient, uh, for for the patient for ABG, what are the potential pre-analytical errors which you can deal with? So, for the uh, for taking the ABG analysis, you must have co uh, collected the sample in a, a heparin-containing uh, ABG syringe, which is a uh, which is an anticoagulant which is needed. So, during the preparation, what what things you should keep in mind that prior to the sampling, use of incorrect type or amount of anticoagulant that. Some some people uh, use a lot of uh, heparin, which makes the sample diluted and the false results. And some use insufficient amount, which can coagulate the blood and uh, enable the machine to analyze uh, the arterial blood sample. So during sampling, uh, what the potential errors which you can avoid is mixture of the venous and the arterial blood during puncturing, because as we know, the arterial and the venous blood, the oxygen, the PO2 levels and the PCO2 levels, they vary between the venous and the arterial blood. So if you mix the sample, uh, so the false reports you can uh, have. And the very important thing we should, which you should keep in mind that while sending the sample for ABG, it should not contain an air bubble in it because if you are expecting to uh, look for the PO2 levels in an ABG samples and it will contain air bubble, it will give you a false, falsely higher PO2 value. So try to avoid these errors. So this is the correct method of the preparation of sample before the transfer. Uh, so the correct method is the mixing the arterial sample with the anticoagulant in the two dimension to prevent stacking of the RBCs. Now coming to the anticoagulation, which you should use for the arterial blood gas analysis. As we know, uh, arterial blood gas analysis is what? You will take the arterial sample and send it within the 30 minutes so that the machine can analyze and give you the values which we are needed. Uh, that I'll come later on, which, what things we look for in an ABG sample. But before sending the sample, you must be clear of, uh, you should know that the sample should be sent in a uh, anticoagulant vial which contains heparin. Uh, any, any kind of heparin preparation you can use, liquid non-balanced heparin, dry non-balanced heparin, dry electrolyte based heparin, but try not to use uh, citrate or EDTA as anticoagulant because they both are slightly acidic and they increase the risk of the pH uh, to be re reported as false, falsely lowered. Now, these are some general storage recommendations. Don't pull the sample and analyze it within 30 minutes. And especially if you need to see the PO2 levels, if you're interested only in the PO2 levels, try to analyze it within the five minutes. Okay, these uh, are some things which are for the practical aspect, the person who is sending ABG, so the practical scenario. Now we are coming to the some theoretical and the clinical knowledge about the arterial blood gas analysis how to interpret the arterial blood gas analysis and how to approach a given case in a to make a possible diagnosis with the ABG report. First, you should 
for the normal values then only you can calculate and get clear about the abnormal values and you should know the difference between an arterial sample and a venous sample blood gas analysis is uh, when you are sending an arterial sample for the correct analysis of the po2 and pco2 levels and but if you are looking only for the electrolyte disturbances only for the ph status you can send either the venous sample because um ph and electrolytes and bicarb levels they are uh, comparable in both arterial as well as venous sample but the po2 and pco2 levels they vary between the two so now coming to the normal ph uh, normal uh, ph of the blood that is uh, on an average 7.4 that is we take 7.35 to 7.45 as a normal value lesser uh, uh, below 7.35 is called as acidosis and above 7.45 is called as alkalosis so the perturbations in ph can occur with changes in the ratio of bicarb and to pco2 as described by henderson hasselbeck equation this is the equation for equilibrium which we are reading since uh, 12th class so the ph is equals to 6.1 into log bicarb and pco pco2 levels so with this equation you can clearly see it that ph value it depends only on the two parameters that is the bicarb which is the metabolic part and the pco2 which is the respiratory part so Uh, there are two components of acid uh, uh, acid based disturbance analysis that is the metabolic and the respiratory so if you are dealing with the changes or abnormalities in the bicarb that means it is a metabolic disturbance and if you are dealing primarily with the changes in the pco2 levels that means it is a respiratory problem the primary is the respiratory cause a uh, one thing i uh, wish to add in this that if a patient is having primary metabolic problem he must have a compensated respiratory response for it for example if a patient is having metabolic acidosis for example in dk patient is having acidosis to compensate it to remove that acid from the body he will start hyperventilating hyperventilation will help him to remove his pco2 levels so that less bicarbonic acid will be formed in the body and uh, to settle as a compensatory level so for the metabolic disturbance respiratory compensation occurs within minutes as soon as the ph falls in a patient respiratory compensation that is hyperventilation starts within minutes within seconds even but for the respiratory compensation that is for the primary if the primary is respiratory cause metabolic compensation will take time to occur it will take 72 hours or more uh, than it to properly compensate the problem for example in the patient of pneumonia and copd pneumonia is acute respiratory disturbance you will get acute uh, co2 washout and respiratory alkalosis for this metabolic compensation yet has not been occurred but in case of copd or some chronic respiratory illness if you are uh, seeing that they will get uh, compensated with the metabolic because it is chronic so it is already compensated with the metabolic part that is the bicarbonate part what is the compensation how it will occur we will see in the subsequent slides these are some normal values which are uh, which i have given uh, ph for the ph 7.35 to 7.45 for pco2 will take 40 as an uh, standard value to put into the uh, formulas because uh, there are some formulas which will tell you whether your uh, respiratory compensation and metabolic compensation has been Uh, adequate or not whether your patient is compensated or uncompensated for uh, for the calculation of that we uh, we will have some formulas and in the formulas we we'll, 
use these normal values to calculate and to know the difference with the abnormal value. So we'll take PCO2 as 40 in the baseline, PO2 level 70, bicarb levels are 24 as a baseline value to put it in, into the formula. Normal anion gap is 10 plus minus 12, maximum is 12. So this is the normal differences between arterial and venous blood. As you can see that bicarb levels, electrolyte levels, sodium, potassium, they are normal between, they are, they are comparable between arterial and the venous blood. So the main difference lies in the blood gas analysis. Matlab, uh, that means uh, if you are uh, looking for the PO2 measurement or the PCO2 measurement, then you need the arterial sample. Preferred artery is radial artery by which you can take sample. And uh, uh, if, if you're looking only for the pH value, like in DK patient, we monitor BGA every So there is no need to prick patient arterial because arterial sample is quite painful. So you can't prick patient artery like every four to five hourly if you are if you are only watching for pH and the electrolytes. So you can take the venous sample as well. But for PO2 calculation, you need an arterial sample. This is the main difference between arterial and the venous blood. So this is your main uh, uh, equation as we start from here because uh, most likely uh, NEAT, uh, NEAT aspirants will, uh, uh, most likely the NEAT aspirants need this ABG interpretation correctly because uh, the, this, this is the most important part which you will deal in your uh, questions as uh, in, in, in any question you will be given uh, uh, ABG interpretation like uh, PO2 level, PCO2 level, bicarb level and the pH level. So how to interpret that and how to reach a diagnosis? What is the primary, whether it is compensatory or not, and what is the possible cause for that primary to occur? These are the three questions which you, you need to answer and which you should know about, uh, about which, which you can easily get by stepwise approach for the ABG. So let's start with the ABG interpretation consistency. As uh, ABG is a, uh, inter uh, as, okay. So, uh, where was I? So, uh, uh, first is to check the consistency of the ABG, whether uh, this is the values which are given are uh, correct or not. Obviously, in your questions, the, the values would be always correct. So this step you need not to be followed. But in a clinical approach, if you are uh, seeing this video for a clinical approach of ABG in a clinical patient, in a clinical scenario, so first, very first thing you will do is to check the consistency of the report, whether the values given are, uh, 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 whether the values given are correct or it, it could be abnormal due to the technical error in the machine. So put this formula, the bicarb value which is given, multiply the hydrogen ions divided by PaCO2 level. This should is it, this should be equal to 24. If if the this equation is not equal to 24, that means your uh, your report or, or the values in the report given they are technically wrong. You need to repeat the ABG sample before analysis. Right. So for calculate, if hydrogen ions are not given, you can calculate the hydrogen ions by 80 mi uh, minus the last two digits of the pH value which is given. Like for example, pH value 7.23. So you can calculate uh, hydrogen ions as 80 minus the last two digits. 23 is equals to 57. So 57 is, is your hydrogen ion. So you can calculate it as a, and check whether the values given are correct or not. 
now we are uh, going towards the approach for the acid base conditions that uh, what is the first thing which you will look then uh, first thing you will look is the ph whether you are dealing with the case of acidosis or a case of alkalosis right so if if it is the ph is less than 7.35 then it is acidosis and uh, if it is 7.45 then if it is greater than 7.45 then it is alkalosis clear so first step you will check whether you are dealing with acidosis and or whether you are dealing with alkalosis in the second step you have to check whether what is the primary which you are dealing with alkalosis and acidosis can occur with either respiratory cause or either the metabolic cause one thing should be the primary what is the primary cause and other is the compensatory right so establish the primary disturbance by determine whether the change in bicarb or pco2 which can account for the absorbed deflection in the ph first you will look at the ph then you will look the values of bicarb and pco2 which coordinate with the ph for example if you are dealing with acidosis uh, in acidosis what to what changes in uh, bicarb or pco2 you are expecting how acidosis can occur acidosis occurs either pco2 will increase because as pco2 increases it will make more bicarbonic acid it will increase acid in the body reflected reflected as decrease in ph so either pco2 should be increased or bicarb should be decreased yeah is that the acid will increase in body or the alkaline component will be decrease in body these two are the only causes which can cause acidosis right so look for the bicarb whether it is decreased or pco2 whether it is increased by this means you can uh, you will able to uh, get whether what is the primary if the bicarb the primary is metabolic and if the uh, pco2 increase then the primary is respiratory this is a very uh, famous uh, direction rule uh, arrow direction rule which we are dealing to crack the question in a given question if it is given like ph bicarb pco2 just make the arrow with the normal values ph normal value of ph is 7.4 which we standard we, we are taking as you need to take one value to put it in so ph will take 7.4 for bicarb will take 24 and for pco2 will take 40 so uh, uh, you put the arrows uh, whether the value is decreased or has been increased and then check whether the arrows are in same direction or in the opposite direction so if the all three arrows are in same direction then your primary is metabolic there should be no doubt in this that primary is metabolic if all the arrows in the same direction right if the arrow is downwards like decreasing that means ph is decreasing that means it is primary metabolic acidosis if the arrow is in upward direction that means ph is increasing with increase in bicarb that means primary is metabolic alkalosis if the arrow is in opposite direction with the ph then it is primary is respiratory by this uh, approach by this direction approach only you are able to calculate more than 60% questions whether it is primary metabolic acidosis or primary metabolic alkalosis you don't need to put any formula for calculating this after making your mind clear what is the primary you are dealing with whether it is metabolic acidosis or alkalosis your second approach is to calculate the compensation okay uh, there are some compensatory formula because with every primary metabolic disease there should be respiratory compensation and with every respiratory primary disease there should be metabolic compensation right so uh, check for the compensation what compensation will tell you 
compensation will tell you whether your patient first thing whether your uh, patient is comp uh, compensating or not whether his respiratory or metabolic system which should be uh, response in the compensation whether they are working or not whether it is partially compensated or it is fully compensated according to the formula but if the values vary uh, with a greater difference that means there can be a coexisting metabolic disorder or respiratory disorder which is uh, that means there is can there could be mixed acid base disturbance which you are dealing about if if you are not uh, having the correct value according to your compensation formula right so compensation will tell you the three things whether your patient is partially compensated or it is fully compensated or there is mixed acid base disturbances which are existing that is probably you might not deal only with the metabolic acidosis you are dealing with both acid, metabolic acidosis and metabolic alkalosis for example in a patient of dk patient of dk will present might present to you with normal ph how because dk is a condition of metabolic acidosis but dk can have a presentation with excessive of excessive vomiting right so vomiting induced metabolic alkalosis because of washout of hydrochloric acid right so uh, there can be coexisting metabolic acidosis with metabolic alkalosis in a patient that you can get an idea with the compensation formula or later on we'll uh, talk about the delta anion gap that also tell you about the mixed disorder or primary disorder right so these are some compensatory responses these you, uh, you need to learn actually uh, 60 to 70% cases or the scenarios which uh, you will get in the neat exam those get clear with the direction rule only you don't need uh, these formulas but to crack those rest third questions where the compensation partially compensation or mixed disorders have been asked in the question you need to know this formula so that you are able to get whether your patient is a primary single uh, acid base disturbance or you are dealing with some mixed disturbances right so this is the uh, uh, this ppt i i'll share so you can get these formulas uh, for example for metabolic acidosis you will get a value of bicarb right so metabolic acidosis occurs due to decrease in bicarb in that response what should be the respiratory response patient will hyperventilate when he hyperventilate he will wash out pco2 right so pco2 levels ideally should be decreased so same direction rule decrease in ph causes decrease in bicarb decrease in pco2 and this compensation formula what it tells for every 1 milliequivalent per liter decrease in bicarb levels will cause 1.2 mm decrease in pco2 levels right similarly for metabolic alkalosis for every 1 milliequivalent per liter rise in bicarb levels will accompanied by 0.7 mm hg rise in pco2 levels so you can calculate the difference of your bicarb with the normal value that is uh, 24 and then the a uh, difference of pco2 with the normal value of 40 then if 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 the difference matches that means your patient is fully compensated if it is in the direction of matching that means he is partially compensating if it is in the opposite direction you are supposing that pco2 level should decrease but they are increasing that is there is associated respiratory uh, there is associated respiratory acidosis which is coexisting in the patient so for the interpretation of respiratory acidosis and respiratory alkalosis you you should know about this is a, a tricky this, this this is a tricky thing in the question this is for the last 5 to 10% questions which you need to crack with this thing they can trick you uh, with the case scenario they can given they can give you a case of copd 
and then presented as a uh, exacerbation with respiratory acidosis so how to approach for it which formula you should apply so in the clinical uh, scenario given you have to see whether the acute respiratory condition has been given or the chronic respiratory condition has been given acute condition is like pneumonia pulmonary edema and the chronic condition is like asthma or copd usually copd uh, or asthma has been confused you people so you you have to check whether which which condition has been given then apply the formula right because in the chronic condition metabolic compensation is more and in acute condition as i said earlier compensation takes time to occur so in the acute condition metabolic compensation is less so the formula varies for the both step 4 is uh, first we have calculated whether we are dealing with acidosis alkalosis then we what is a primary whether it is metabolic or respiratory then we check about the compensation whether we are dealing with single disorder or we are dealing with mixed acid base disorder so after calculating if we are dealing with metabolic acidosis then comes the play of anion gap anion gap you need to calculate only in the case in the cases of metabolic acidosis no other uh, acid base disturbance needs calculation for uh, anion gap right so what is anion gap total uh, total uh, anions minus total cations in the body is the anion gap right sodium plus potassium minus chloride plus bicarb it gives you the value for the anion gap rest are unmeasured anions like albumin and all so to get a corrected anion gap you need to get it corrected with the albumin because with the uh, albumin levels in the blood it vary it, its value varies so uh, anion gap is sodium plus potassium total anions minus total cations right so uh, the normal value which we have read earlier is 10 plus minus 2 that is 8 to 12 is the normal anion gap there is no significance of uh, decrease in anion gap up to 12 is normal anion gap right if it is more than 12 increase anion gap which is called hagma hagma and nagma nagma is a uh, normal anion gap metabolic acidosis hagma is a high anion gap metabolic acidosis when you reach the uh, when here whether you are dealing with hagma and you are dealing with nagma the differentials for the two has been changed then you clinically approach what case you are dealing with because hagma has uh, uh, different differential diagnosis and nagma has different differential diagnosis okay so uh, delta gap will tell you uh, mixed disorder only in the case of metabolic acidosis that is why you need the compensatory formula to calculate the mixed disorders in all acid base disturbances but for the metabolic acidosis especially in the hagma only in that case you can calculate the gap which will tell you whether the patient whether you are dealing with purely hagma or gap minus 20 cause metabolic acidosis what metabolic acidosis means that means you are having excess of acid in the body either or uh, either you have excess of acid in the body either you are not able to excrete the acid from the body or you are not able to reabsorb the bicarb in the body to compensate or to neutralize that acid which will make the differentials for the metabolic acidosis what causes the increase acid generation in the body 
these are likely the causes for high nine gap metabolic acidosis which will make acid in the body excess of acid in the body presented as metabolic acidosis like lactic acidosis where lactic acid as uh, is producing ketoacidosis methanol poisoning ethanol poisoning salicylate poisoning in every uh, in in all the five cases you are having excess of acid synthesis in the body second is increased loss of bicarb so if you are not uh, if you are not absorbing bicarb where as a bicarb absorbed in the pct in the renal cause but if you are having chronic diarrhea vomiting here also you will lose the body and having excess of acid present will present as metabolic acidosis or you can have decreased renal acid excretion like in renal failure in distal rta in type 4 rta also so a uh, uh, little detail about all the four metabolic disturbances metabolic acidosis so first step you will calculate you will see whether it, you are dealing with acidosis then respiratory or metabolic then compensation and if you are dealing with metabolic acidosis calculate the anion gap right if you are having high anion gap acidosis calculate the delta anion gap whether you are dealing with single thing or the mixed disorder now this is the approach for a patient of normal anion gap acidosis for the normal anion gap acidosis there should, there are only two possible causes which can cause normal anion gap acidosis either the renal cause or the gi cause which you can uh, get an idea about the by calculating urinary anion gap you will set a urine sample you will get the urine sodium urine potassium urine chloride and urine bicarb levels by this uh, you can calculate the urine anion gap as the formula given urine sodium plus urine potassium minus urine chloride levels so if the urinary anion gap is negative that means you are having a extra renal cause that means you are having gi cause likely diarrhea chronic diarrhea in a patient can cause uh, negative urine anion gap in the urine and the normal anion gap acidosis in the body if you are getting the urine anion gap as a positive value so the cause is renal there are three types of renal tubular acidosis type 1 2 and 4 you, you can differentiate this by urine ph if the ph is more than 6 then it is type 1 rta and if it is less than 5.5 it can be type 2 or type 4 then both can be differentiated on the basis of potassium levels type 4 is associated with hyperkalemia and type 2 is associated with hypokalemia so this is a very well uh, explained and simple chart by which you can rule out the things and can get a clear idea about your diagnosis of uh, in a patient of normal anion gap acidosis coming to the metabolic alkalosis so now coming to metabolic alkalosis uh, for the approach of metabolic alkalosis you will calculate the urine chloride levels to uh, differentiate whether it is renal or extra renal uh, extra renal is mostly gi cause so uh, if if urine chloride is less than 20 that means uh, your kidneys uh, are compensating well so it's an extra renal cause gi loss like chronic diarrhea vomiting nasogastric drainage and if your uh, urine chloride levels are more than 20 that means your uh, kidneys are not compensating for the alkalosis they are excreting potassium uh, excreting chloride so if it is more than 20 then it is a renal cause so in a page first see the metabolic alkalosis then calculate urine chloride levels come to the renal cause then look for the hypertension in the patient whether the bp is normal or not if the bp is normal check the aldosterone levels 
and uh, make your diagnosis as hyperaldosteronemia if the bp is normal if uh, in a normotensive patient presenting with metabolic alkalosis and hypokalemia differentials are barter syndrome hypomagnesemia and gitelman syndrome some causes of respiratory acidosis respiratory acidosis occurs because of hypoventilation when the patient is not able to uh, expand his lungs properly so uh, some possible causes are respiratory central depression like in cva neuromuscular failure like in gbs decreased respiratory system compliance like in some bone disorder where the restriction uh, of the lung expansion is there increased airway uh, resistance like in chronic cases of copd or asthma and increased death rate then there are the causes for respiratory alkalosis occurs when the patient hyperventilates for example in a panic attack anxiety any acute pneumonia like in pulmonary embolism in pulmonary edema in pneumonia or cns stimulation some stimulatory agent which stimulate respiratory center like caffeine it causes hyperventilation in a patient presenting with respiratory uh, alkalosis it's it, it's a common uh, case in uh, emergencies which you are dealing with patient with a panic attack presented with carpopedal spasm because in a panic attack patient hyperventilates hyperventilation will cause respiratory alkalosis alkalosis in the body will decrease the ionization of the calcium as the ionized calcium is only only active form of calcium to act so it will decrease the ionization of the calcium patient will have acute hypocalcemia and present with carpopedal spasm and tetany so look for this calcium phosphate and hypokalemia in a patient of respiratory alkalosis thank you Thank you so much, Dr. Sir, for your wonderful session. I think students will be get benefited from this. Thanks a lot. So we are ending this session.